Good morning. As I was arranging myself here this morning, I... Oh, sorry. Let's put this on. As I was arranging myself this morning... More? Do you help Cody? Testing. Talking normally... I'm talking normally now. Yes. You can hear me better? Okay. Thank you, Cody. Yes, I, I was as I was uh, arranging my my robes. <clears throat> I thought uh, uh, you know, I thought of the word disheveled, you know. I don't know what but there's no there's no there's no uh, there's no word like I guess it, I guess the word would be leveled. Would it be leveled if it's disheveled? No, that's not right. Anyway, to arrange one thing a priest is always having to do is arrange him or herself with these with these robes. Uh, so uh, what I wanted to talk about uh, this morning uh, was this theme that I announced on the. Uh, Email, which is um, uh, that when we sit in in this zazen posture, um, uh, we could uh, think of it uh, as um, sitting in the light of Buddha's wisdom. Um, that what we're that what we are um, uh, doing or not doing is uh, sitting in the light of Buddha's wisdom. And uh, the, you know, this is, this is, you know, light in this sense that I would say that is really meant, you know, as a, a spiritual light, a spiritual light it, it, coincident with or coming right along with or holding hands with uh, Buddha's wisdom. Uh, but we can also think of it uh, as I did preparing this talk, I also think, well, what does what does Buddha's wisdom have in common with light? You know, the light that um, is all, is always around us, and uh, I think there's some correspondence between light and Buddha's wisdom, and I think uh, various. Mm, Teachings have brought out that correspondence, and I'll I'll talk about some of those today. Um, <clears throat> but just uh, to say that uh, light um, has the quality, first of all, quality um, that it reveals every object, uh, but it itself has no has no substance. It it. It's, it has no substance or essence. Um, it, it reveals everything that we notice, but, but light generally goes unnoticed. It just, it's the objects that it reveals that we notice. So um, light has this quality of revealing everything, uh, but being <clears throat> uh, unseen itself and having, in, in a sense, 
no essence, no no own being. There's no own being to light. Uh, it's it's empty. So light has a quality of emptiness. Um, yet that emptiness reveals all form. Also, uh, light. Um, another quality of light is that it has no preference. Um, it falls on everything equally. Uh, whether it's, if it falls on things we like and things we don't like, it falls on things that we think of as good and things that we think of as bad. So it has this quality of non-discrimination. Light has a quality of non-discrimination, which is, of course, also a hallmark of Buddha's wisdom. Having no, having no preference. Um, also, um, uh, light um, can't be grasped. We can't get a hold of it. There's nothing. There's nothing to get a hold of. Uh, light is uh, ungraspable, and ungraspability is a quality of Buddha's wisdom. During Zazen, I thought of another attribute, but now it's gone. Uh, but the one that the, the one that I remember uh, from the talk I prepared is that um, light has the capacity uh, to focus uh, to, to, as a, as like a beam or a ray or a shaft of light, right? And you know, we 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 know that light light can can do that uh, if it if it goes through say some aperture and, and uh, it, it 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 will it can be focused on something or it can be we have the power of as uh, to you know make something like a flashlight and and focus a ray of light and uh, the ability to you know to to focus or concentrate is uh, actually the activity I wouldn't say that you know that that is Buddha's wisdom, but it's the activity of Buddha's wisdom. To, to, to it is the activity of samadhi to uh, concentrate uh, the mind, to concentrate the mind. So also this goes along with Buddha's wisdom, the 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 our capacity to focus or concentrate the mind. And um, and also we know that um, <clears throat> that that um, light um, you know it appears for instance in in the word enlightenment um, it's it's right in the middle of that word and of course the the uh, experience or um, uh, Advent of enlightenment, we think of as when we think of Shakyamuni Buddha, uh, when we think of the story of his story uh, of, you know, trying out, you know, going on the path, trying out various ascetic practices for six years, finding them ultimately unfruitful, and then deciding to sit down under the Bodhi tree and just 
um, do zazen in in our vernacular. Just do zazen. Um, and at the end of uh, seven days and seven nights of continuous sitting, according to this our story, um, and upon the morning of the eighth day, uh, Shakyamuni Buddha uh, saw, looked up and saw the morning star and uh, completely awakened. Uh, so uh, what, Shakyamuni ba- uh, what Shakyamuni Buddha saw was uh, the, the light of Buddha's wisdom, the light of the morning star. <clears throat> And uh, I don't know, we know that probably, excuse me, <clears throat> we know that probably um, what he actually saw was uh, the planet Venus, um, which rises in the east in the morning, very early usually, uh, and, uh, and that that uh, star is not a star. It's 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 actually uh, you know what we see is actually reflected light. We see reflected light, and and Shakyamuni Buddha saw this reflected not light, and and awakened. And um, we don't know. Uh, nobody <clears throat> exactly knows uh, what Shakyamuni. Uh, experienced at that time, uh, but we know we do know that later on he taught uh, he, as his as his essential teaching, uh, the teaching of interdependent inter interrelations, inter, interdependent origination, uh, the teaching of interdependence. Uh, so uh, I have a story that uh, when Shakyamuni Buddha uh, saw that light from the morning star. Uh, What he realized is his his interdependence with that star, with that light. That he was he was that he was um, not um, uh, not separate from the light of that morning star. That he was. Completely um, one with the entire universe, no separation. And uh, later on, people have called this kind of experience um, dropping off body and mind. Dropping off body and mind, uh, r- realizing our our non-separateness with. Other people and animals and um, floors and ceilings and buildings and nothing, nothing separate, all included and welcomed in our consciousness. Um, but the, the quality that I think um, is most important from, in light of my theme here is that um, that. Um, what what Shakyamuni Buddha was doing was uh, was not much was not much not he wasn't doing anything but he w- he was receiving he was receiving this light 
he he was receiving this light, and uh, for me that speaks to the receptive nature, the receptive nature of our sitting meditation, uh, that we make ourselves quite still and quite quiet, and we continually uh, let go of our thinking, which has a quality of projection. Our thinking has a quality of projecting views onto the world. And and as we withdraw those projections and allow ourselves to become just receptive, is, is something coming? Is there something, is there something, is there some light coming here? Is there, is it, what is there to see? And so we just, we just uh, are, the, adopt this, uh, this very receptive attitude. This, this, this our, we, we uh, <clears throat> concentrate, if you will, on our, on our capacity to just receive light to receive wisdom, not conjure it up. We don't conjure up, you know, what wisdom is. Uh, we are informed by everything what wisdom is. We, everything informs what wisdom is for us. So uh, the right posture, if you will, is this is just as we're always teaching to drop away, you know, our conceptual thinking, our our our, our projecting of our, our views onto the world, and just receive what is uh, what is there when when all that falls away, when all that drops off. So I um, some of this. Uh, um, inspiration for this talk has has come from um, some recent um, studies in uh, of the Flower Garland Sutra, the, or the Avatamsaka Sutra, which my teacher is uh, decided, I suppose, to to spend the rest of his life teaching, because it's a very voluminous teaching, and uh, he's 80 years old now. So it might it might like be the rest of his life to try to teach the Avatamsaka Sutra, but it's wonderful for us who are his students to get to hear some teachings about this sutra, which um, um, some of us, such as myself, have shied away from looking at this sutra for uh, decades, and uh, and. Only with by the by the dint of the courage of my teacher am I now able to look at it and and after some cajoling cajoling from him uh, actually read it. Um, so uh, we were talking about um, <clears throat> this and uh, in in uh, my teacher and uh, I had um, I had kind of uh, insight. And the insight was kind of uh, pedestrian in a way, but uh, it occurred to me that uh, that's this this uh, sitting meditation uh, works uh, like a solar panel works. 
so a so solar panel, uh, you set up a solar panel. I've set up a solar, solar panel at my house and some, some array of solar panels. And I think, I know Dora Lee has, different people set up these, these arrays of solar panel and, and panels. And um, the, the solar panel has a, has a bunch of cells in it that are uh, configured uh, to receive light and turn it into electrical energy. Um, but the solar panel, you know, when you when you when you turn on a solar system, nothing happens. There's nothing happens. Uh, you know, but this, but nevertheless, the the solar panel, all these little uh, cells combined and then amalgamated with uh, more panels uh, can actually produce electrical energy. And uh, to me, this is a nice analogy for our sitting meditation. Um, uh, we, uh, uh, the, the, uh, with, with confidence, <laughs> with confidence in the process of sitting meditation, uh, we can begin to understand ourselves as uh, configured uh, uh, the right way, you know, that, that we're configured the right way uh, to receive this light of Buddha's wisdom and, and convert it into the energy of our life. Convert it into the energy of our life. And, uh, you know, and, and then that energy can, like, run refrigerators. And, you know, but... but um, you know, we can we can do things with that energy. Uh, you know, we could use that energy to say, become more calm, more kind, uh, more um, more engaged uh, with uh, people and animals and things. And uh, we could use that energy as a kind of a, a counteract counter. Um, Action to uh, alienation, to dis, to dist, estrangement from from people and things and animals, and and we can use that that energy, um, you know, to love the world, um, and you know, <clears throat> uh, lose our self-centeredness to let go of our self-centeredness. Um, so that, um, but, but you know, again, we can't really see how that's working, you know? We shouldn't necessarily, well, how is my, you know, is my panel, you know, generating good uh, amounts of, you know, juice today or not? I mean, we can't really tell how, how this works. But, uh, you know, if we continue to in, we t- we continue to engage in this practice. Uh, we see that it that it does. We see that we see that we have more energy for uh, for 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 the good for for doing good. And of course, this is the second pure precept: do do all good. Yeah, so, but we need some energy. We need some energy to do all good. So this this this. The sitting meditation is a way of, um, without doing anything, without doing anything, just like a solar panel, which doesn't seem to be doing anything, 
gathers energy. Um, we don't really know how it works, but it's, it seems to work. And when we meet other people of the way, we, we, see, we see how the energy is working in them, and we say, yeah, this practice must be working in that person. I see that now. And, uh, and we get joy out of that, of course, too. We, we get, and that's part of the energy. Um, so, uh, as I said, this, this, um, what I'm talking about today, uh, has been inspired by this reading of Avatamsaka Sutra. And, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, the second, the second book, the, 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 the chapters in that sutra are called books, um, and uh, the second book, um, the the action starts with um, a, a lot of um, bodhisattvas um, uh, questioning uh, the Buddha, and, and the Buddha in this sutra is called. Uh, it's not Chakyamuni Buddha anymore. Uh, this is a Mahayana sutra, and so uh, this Buddha that is being questioned is called Vairochana. Uh, Vairochana is like a cosmic Buddha. Um, representing, you know, the whole the whole cosmos. So, uh, but but nevertheless, uh, the bodhisattvas are uh, have a lot of questions for Vairochana, and they're they they're asking him about what is the nature and powers of a Buddha. That's one of the things they they they're asking him about, and the Buddha uh, doesn't say anything in response to them but simply uh, emits from his mouth a beam of light, a beam of light. And this beam of light goes out into the entire universe in the ten directions, in every direction, and it enters in, it enters in uh, to uh, the very, very smallest places and the very, very largest places, it, enter, it en- enters into the, the pores of beings, this light. Uh, so there's kind of an emphasis on how, how minute the, 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 uh, the, the ray you know, can, can go. And, 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 then, and then in the pores of uh, beings, there's actually more like whole Buddha worlds are there in the pores. Uh, so, you know, this is quite, um, this is quite um, comprehensive uh, vision of uh, the um, power, the nature and powers of a Buddha uh, that, that uh, the, you know, the Buddha's wisdom is just emitted like a light and spreads, you know, it goes everywhere. So in this case, you know, the light of Buddha's wisdom is not it's not this receptive light I was talking about a minute ago. It's not just you know this sort of uh, just opening and receiving. This is like this is like a projection of wisdom. This is like a a roaring stream of wisdom going out and filling the entire universe. And uh, so uh, 
something came into, as I was thinking about this last night, I remembered, I remembered a teaching that my, my very first Zen teacher was uh, a Zen Tatsu Richard Baker. And he was a direct uh, disciple of uh, uh, Suzuki Roshi. And actually the, 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 the only person that received Dharma transmission from Suzuki Roshi directly. Um, and um, as far as I know. And um, so he, he had a teaching and he said, he said that when you practice this way, when you practice this way of Zazen, um, you become uh, a, a receiving and sending station of the Dharma. You, know, you become like a, a, a receiver that's kind of like an electronic thing, right? That, you know, I used to have a receiver in my stereo system and it receives the signal, right? So you become, you become a receiver of the signal of, of Buddha's wisdom and you become a transmitter of Buddha's wisdom. You, 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 you start, you know, you start unbeknownst to you somehow you start uh, you know you start emitting you start this this non-passive um, function of Buddha's wisdom uh, so receiving and sending is is uh, you know Shakyamuni Buddha uh, you know receive the light and Vairochana Buddha, the cosmic Buddha, expresses and extends in the light throughout the whole. So this is kind of a vision. This is kind of a vision of our practice. Uh, this, this, it's, it's not simply. And, and this is, you know, this goes along with the critique that the Mahayana Buddhists had of the um, uh, some Buddhists that came before them. Uh, they thought that uh, the the Buddhists that came before them were 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 interested in just like personal enlightenment, just getting free of um, samsara, uh, getting free of their afflictions, uh, and uh, you know shuffling off into nirvana. And the Mahayana vision is yes, please receive receive the vision, rec- receive the, this wisdom. But but then also extend it, extend it, and offer it, and give it away, and continually give it away, um, and extend it. You know, we say, don't we say in our uh, our dedication to, to every being and place uh, when we dedicate, we say, extend this wisdom to every being and place. So this is the Mahayana vision. We receive it, and that's today. Today I would say what you're doing, this is receiving practice today. This is mostly receiving practice. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is the recharge practice. This is just solar panel practice. Just receive today. Just allow yourself to receive today. Later on, uh, you will just find yourself extending the practice. You'll just you'll just see yourself extending your the practice, and you'll and you'll and you'll and you'll be amazed. You'll say, "Oh, 
I didn't used to behave that way. I didn't, I didn't used to, I, I don't remember being as kind as that as I just was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is kind of, this is kind of encouraging, right? You see yourself being kind and, and gentle and uh, non-reactive with, in situations and maybe, you know, being helpful in situations. And, and you say, oh, but yes, that's, that's exactly, that, that would be how I, I, I like being like that. I like myself as that. Let's do some more of that. Well, if you want to do some more of that, then come back to the cushion. <laughs> come back to the cushion. Come back to the cushion. So, um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, so, that, so again, this, this metaphor of the, um, this metaphor of light uh, gets extended down through the ages and, um, uh, the the meditation instruction that I read at the beginning uh, of uh, the sit uh, was by Koan Ejo and from uh, from a treatise called um, Absorption in the Treasury of Light. Absorption in the Treasury of Light, or absorbing the Treasury of Light. You know, absorption is like samadhi, right? It's like going deeply into the treasure of light. And uh, so I'm going to read another another piece from that, uh, that treatise. Uh, he says, Your outgoing breathing and incoming breathing, your outgoing breathing and your incoming breathing, the essence of hearing and the essence of feeling, Without conscious knowledge or subjective discrimination are utterly shining light in which body and mind are one suchness. This is the light in which ordinary and sage, the deluded and the enlightened, are one suchness. Even in the midst of activity, it is not hindered by activity. The forests, flowers, the grasses and leaves, people and animals, great and small, all appear at once without depending on the discriminations of your thoughts and attention. This is manifest proof that the light is not obstructed by activity. It is empty luminosity, spontaneously shining without exerting mental energy. So this is teaching that... uh, Buddha's wisdom is, is 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 just a functioning. It's just a functioning. It's just a functioning in this world, and it's not. It 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 actually, it can't be hindered by our mental activity. It can't be. It can't be obstructed by our mental activity. We can think that it is. We can think that we are obstructed 
That's possible. But this teaching says, no matter what you think, not obstructed. Your activity does not obstruct Buddha's wisdom. This is prajna. This is prajna. This is this is undefended presence. Undefended presence. Uh, not obstructing because it can't be obstructed. And not obstructed by your activity. Now this is kind of kind of faith. This is a kind to of have a faith a thing to have faith in. Uh, because it certainly appears, it certainly appears to us um, that that we are obstructing ourselves, that we are obstructing other people, that we are obstructing situations. Um, so we have to continually, I think, open open to this this idea that you know the way things really are are unobstructed. That's the way things really are. There's no, there's no wisdom to get a hold of, either. And there's no, there's no place this wisdom doesn't doesn't reach. <clears throat> so this was, um, this was another uh, little insight. I guess I have to say, uh, that came to me <clears throat> uh, when this, during this study uh, the, the, um, of the Avatamsaka Sutra, uh, the, uh, it, came, it came up to me, uh, the story of um, the first transmission of the Buddha Dharma as, we, as it's come down to us. So we have, you know, in Zen we have this lineage of teachers that that have transmitted the Dharma down through the ages, and and now we have around us now we have teachers still transmitting this Dharma. But the very first story about this mystery of Dharma transmission um, is the story of Buddha holding up a flower. Everybody, many people may know this story, not everybody. But the Buddha was sitting in an assembly of his disciples on a place called Vulture Peak, a very popular place for for teaching, Vulture Peak. And uh, Buddha held up this flower. And uh, his disciple, Mahakashapa, his disciple, Kashapa. Maha just means great. So his, his disciple, Kashapa, smiled. Buddha held up a flower and Kashapa smiled. And that's the whole story. Well, that's not quite the whole story. Sorry. Uh, then the Buddha said, as when he saw Maha Kashapa's smile, he said, um, 
I have the uh, treasury of the true Dharma eye, the wondrous eye of Nirvana. I now entrust it to Mahagashapa. I have the treasury of the true Dharma, the wondrous eye of Nirvana. I now entrust it to Kashapa. So I've puzzled over this story for <clears throat> many years. Uh, didn't seem, again, they're, they're talk about not much happening. This, there just isn't much happening. There isn't, uh, you don't know, <clears throat> you don't really know what, uh, what uh, Mahashapa smile represents and why it was seen at that moment as uh, an occasion to entrust the Dharma. Uh, but uh, what I thought was, in light of this teaching about light, is uh, that what a flower knows, what, what does a flower know? A flower knows how to turn toward the light. A flower knows how to turn toward the light without any knowing without any knowing, innately, innately awakened flower, ready to turn toward the light at, you know, at dawn and at dusk and throughout the day. So this is, my thought was, this is just Buddha um, extolling the flower for its capacity to turn toward the light. And Makashapa saying, yeah, that's it. That's what we're doing. We're just turning toward the light. That's that's the capacity that we're cultivating. And so I would I would say this is just what I'm offering this morning is that um, that this this zazen practice is cultivating our practice to turn toward the light. But you know we don't have to think. I'm sitting here turning toward the light. You don't have to do that. In fact, I don't recommend it. Um, it's 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 more of like just being open. The flower is open, and uh, the flower is actually, you know, I think open in, in the daytime, right? And then uh, like in the, in the night, it 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 closes down. You know, it closes back down. But in the daytime, it opens back up. And then, you know, you've probably seen those slow motion pictures of the sunflowers, you know, turning. Have you seen that? They, 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 they do that time-lapse photography and you can watch the flowers turn toward the light. So this is, I think, what our meditation is. is what it's, but it's happening without our, again, without our knowing or without our conscious doing. It, Zazen, we don't really know, you know, what we're doing. You don't, and and it's encouraged to actually not know what you're doing, but um, you know we in in, in zazen <clears throat> we are um, we are dropping you know our thinking. Uh, we we do make that effort, uh, but nevertheless, of course, we think, and and so um, you know we just we we think and then we gently drop thinking. And we think some more, and we gently drop thinking, and uh, we're just um, 
and and maybe this is like the flower, you know, opening and and then you know closing at night. You know, conceptual consciousness is maybe like a more closed system. Uh, conceptual thinking, conceptual consciousness, maybe like closed system. Uh, flower opening in the in in the day is more like open system, open to receiving the light. So we go back and forth. This is this is this is how our practice is actually, you know. Close into conceptual thinking. Opening back up, closing, opening, opening. And so, you know, this is we're just like a flower in that way too. So, um this Today I thought what we would do was um, uh, save, you know, some discussion uh, till this afternoon, and uh, uh, I think we'll do that. I have it on the schedule, so we'll bring this. I'll bring this theme back up uh, this afternoon, and we'll have an opportunity for uh, question and answer uh, and discussion. Uh, but for now, uh, we have a period of walking meditation. Then we will sit another period uh, and have uh, noon service. And uh, just adjust the uh, period, the sitting period, appropriately to have us be having service at the time we're supposed to be having service. <laughs>